This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church Podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Ethan Lumen. I walk through the garden alone While the dew still on the roses You guys know that one, right? Yeah, That's about all I remember of it. Sorry. But uh, when I was a kid, my church had a harvest picnic and uh, the, the band would sing that for our congregation. Walk through the garden. Clearly that person was not from Wisconsin. They did not write that song here in February. We don't want to do anything with walking outside right now. The garden. We go back to where God first created people. Where, where man and, and woman first walked with God. The, the place of the first temptation. place of the first sin. The place first of forgiveness. As we go back to Genesis chapter 3, there's so much there to unpack, but we're going to consider why exactly forgiveness is so essential to our lives as Christians and lives as people. We all, as we walk through this life, we don't need to be in a garden to encounter temptation and sin and its consequences, do we? Everywhere we go, whether it's in our homes, the grocery store, on the driving down the road, on the internet, we encounter temptations to sin. We encounter our own fouls and we see the consequences clearly spelled out. Well, as those first two people approach the temptation of Satan, we see how Satan lured them in. He appealed to their belly, to their eyes, and to their mind. Don't you know that if you eat this, you're not going to die. You'll actually be like God. You're going to know more. And the woman in verse 6, it says she looked at it, and, and the fruit was good to eat, nice to look at, and strengthened the mind. Struggle with the same temptations today, appealing to our appetites, our hunger for fulfillment, whether that is physical or emotional, anything that will make us feel a little better. Or pleasing to the eyes, right? That perfect outfit is going to help us feel. Now, that, that house that's really going to make our neighbors feel like we got it put together the perfect vehicle or lifestyle or our mind knowing more than others being the one who's the expert getting that secret special revealed knowledge we don't need a snake whispering in our ear, do we? To know that our lives are full of temptation too. The trouble is that even when we don't want to sin, well, we want to sin. 
It's, it's, like, it's like the craving of an addict who's turned away from their addictions, yet still their body longs for it every time they open up the cupboard, every time they log on to their computer. He appeals temptation. But there's one more temptation, and that's the one, maybe one of the most haunting parts of Genesis chapter 3 is when Eve turns to give the fruit to her husband. For six verses, you're like, what? I didn't know he was here. The one lurking in the background, tempted to avoid speaking up and facing the facts. Hold on, wait, honey. God didn't say you couldn't touch it. Hold on, wait. Let's not do this. How about we see that the temptation to omit behaviors as as strong as the temptation to commit them. Temptation leads to fall. Fall they did. After eating this fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they, they start to experience what a life of sin means. The first thing that they see as their bellies have been full and their eyes are open, they see, well, we're naked. Naked. They go ahead and make themselves some clothing to cover themselves up. Why? Because when we sin, when we break God's Word, we realize that we're vulnerable. That we're exposed. That we're out in the open for all to see. We feel weak and naked. Try as we might to put up a strong front, to, to put out an image that appears not so, when we get caught up in a fall, we know that we are vulnerable. That's the first power of sin, to make us vulnerable. The second is, comes right from it, to be afraid. When we see how big the world is, the only prop, appropriate response is fear. From the beginning, this place that God had made was, was all God's. Everything was just under God's control, was God's blessing to them. But now, there was more. There was unknown. Not only was there unknown in the world without, there was unknown in the world within, in their hearts, and they were afraid. No more afraid than when they heard God Himself walking in the garden. How they feared that God would draw close. We get afraid as we start to experience the capacity of our own evil. Did that really come out of my mouth? Did I really act that way? We want to even ignore our capacity to sin, but it is there. We're afraid to face it. Afraid to see what this world of brokenness is capable of. Exposed, afraid. When we're confronted in our sin, we see how we respond in Adam and Eve. God calls them out. What is this you have done? Have you eaten from the tree I told you not to eat from? 
And Adam says what we all want to say, right? It's their fault. In our sin, we love to blame. It's interesting how when we avoid the responsibility that God has put on us, how easy it is to then turn and blame others for not fulfilling our responsibility. It's her fault. The woman you gave me. And implicit within Adam's words is a double blame. He blames the woman for her role. But he also remembers that time, that very brief time when he was naming those animals and there was no woman. I, I probably would have been fine all by myself. He probably was trying to say to God, you said I needed a woman. You said it was very good. It's her fault though. She's the one who did this. How deep blame runs in sin. As we point the fingers to God and to others, unwilling to own the weight of our fall. What we really realize, though, as God starts to speak, is that we are cursed because of sin. All of life is now tainted with a heaviness and a weightiness and a darkness and a despair that's all-encompassing. The very things which are supposed to be good end up cursed. Childbearing, right? That first, the first commandment wasn't to eat, not to eat of the tree, but to be fruitful and multiply. Well, that's going to be hard now. Whether it's through childbearing for women or work, working the ground for Adam, consequences would be severe. The last of which is death itself. Adam and Eve had no idea what this word meant. After you eat of it, you'll surely die. How would they have any concept? God created a perfect world in which there was no death. How would they conceive of what this means? But God explains exactly what death means. You're going to work the ground and it's going to be hard and you're going to do it until you yourself return. For dust you are and to dust you shall return. We will once again be dirt. And the full consequence of what they had done came upon them. And they had to come to grips with their fall into temptation, with the consequences that would come, and, and we ourselves too. Well, you came to church on a Wednesday morning at 11.30. Like, well, it's 20 degrees out. It was an easy decision. Yeah. You have come to grips at some level with your sin as you had a cross put on your forehead as you received communion today. My guess is that each and every one of us has experienced the loss of someone very close to us and we've come to grips with the fact that we will die. The people in our lives will die and how much it grieves our heart, we still have to come to terms with it. But friends, God cannot. And God refuses to come to grips with death being the end of the story. 
He refuses to let the consequences of sin be what defines his creation. Go back to that middle of, of Genesis 3 and we see the heart of God who wanted to walk among his people, the God who's all-knowing, who knew exactly where Adam and Eve were and exactly what they have done. And What is it he says? Where are you? Oh, my people, where are you? I want you to be with me. Where are you? Why have you separated yourself from me? Where are you? He finds Adam and Eve in their sin and he clothes them with, well, clothing better than fig leaves. He sacrifices two animals so that they might have clothing for themselves. And, and in those actions, he demonstrates and prophesies exactly his plan. Cursed are you, Satan. There's enmity between you and the woman, and her offspring will crush your head. I will bring an end to the consequences of sin. How does God bring that about? God uses the very mechanism which brought our destruction to bring about our life. Romans says, just as sin entered by one man, so through one man shall come eternal life. Jesus Christ came into the world and we see that picture in Mark chapter 2 of the house full of people, all people attracted to Jesus because of the wisdom with which he spoke and the compassion they could see in his eyes. And as that paralytic drew close to him, Jesus saw that he had a need much greater than physical healing. He said, child, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. How can God declare your sins are forgiven, your sins are canceled, your sins are wiped out? Because Jesus was willing to take on death so that you might have life. Jesus was willing to go to the cross and bear the burden of all humanity. Willing to be struck down himself and take on the full consequences of the fall. So you and I would have the full consequences of his life. Dust you are. The dust you shall return and Jesus shall breathe again on that dust. Your sins are forgiven. Be made well. He wasn't merely talking about a physical renewal. He's talking about resurrection. He's talking about the ultimate physical renewal. The fact that we shall all live forever as again God picks up the dust of the earth and breathes His Spirit back into it. Your sins are forgiven. We will walk in the garden together with Jesus. Friends, we don't need to be in the garden of sin anymore. We have 40 days of journeying through Lent to give up the temptations that cling so tightly, to not fall victim 
into sin and, and its consequences, but to, to live in the garden of grace. The garden where Jesus is breathing, breathing life into this dust. Pastor Rosh breathed that life earlier in our service and we ourselves have the opportunity to breathe that life into others. Your sins forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. Have a good day and God bless.